the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. I'm a podcaster, comedy writer, and performer, graduate of the Second City, and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week, we look back at everything SNL. The best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons and full sketches, behind-the-scenes stories, full casts, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong and not true. Today's episode, uh, which is uh, um, episode number 57, is entitled, SNL Takes on Disney. Yes, the world of Disney, um, from the man himself who started the whole thing to all the movies and the TV shows and the wonderful world of Disney back in the 60s and 70s when people would watch it on TV and the wonderful amusement parks in Florida and California and elsewhere and around the world. Uh, the Disney Corporation, uh, the Disney world, the, the universe of Walt Disney and everything in and around it is ripe for satire and ripe to be ripped apart on every level possible. Um, <laughs> some of the entertainment that Disney has provided over the years uh, has been questionable. Much of it has been great. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, family entertainment, the great return of the animated films, you know, back in the, back in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, and then they kind of died off for a while, and Disney in the 70s only, you know, their only film output were these terrible live-action movies, you know, with people like Phil Silvers and, and, you know, and Dean Jones and all these movies like the North Avenue Irregulars and No Deposit, No Return, and Now You See Him, Now You Don't. All of these terrible live-action 70s Disney movies that we saw and then there was a return to form in the late 80s when, like, Oliver and Company came out and then The Little Mermaid. And then the renaissance, the re-renaissance of the animated movies uh, of the 80s and up until now. And then Disney joined up with Pixar. And then all of these other animated companies sprouted from some of the major studios. But Disney is responsible for bringing the animated feature back to life. Uh, and Disney has been responsible for other incredible things that have dominated the culture in many, many ways. And in a lot of ways, Disney needs to be knocked down a bunch of pegs um, for some of the things that they do, some of the company policies that they have, and some of the entertainment that they churn out, which is sometimes questionable in terms of taste, values, and in terms of quality. So yeah, Disney, ripe for the taking. Rip down Disney if you need to. SNL has done that in the past many, many times. But I have picked a few sketches that I really, really love. Um, I, uh, I run hot and cold on Disney. I have uh, major issues with the company, as you can tell by the tone with which I delivered this introduction. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes uh, SNL has done a great job taking down Disney. So that's the focus. Uh, SNL takes on Disney. And these are six of my favorite Disney satires, Disney parodies, or Disney takedowns that have appeared on Saturday Night Live. Now, um, obviously, Disney has been a target of comedy and a target of satire and a target, you know, and within Disney makes fun of their own things. There have been movies that have made fun of the Disney cliches that have uh, parodied their own characters, that have parodied their past. And there are times when Disney has a great sense of humor about their own stuff and makes fun of it and has a good time doing it and makes wonderful references and jokes about, you know, films and cartoons and animated features and other entertainment from their past. Uh, but it's always nice when someone really takes them on and knocks them around a little bit. And SNL has done that. So I've picked uh, six of my favorites. And I thought we would just start off, uh, you know, in no particular order, although the last one that I'm going to play might be one of my favorites of them all. 
Um, but yeah, Walt Disney, the Disney Corporation, the Disney movies, Disney in general, uh, need to be uh, need to be satirized. And, and and in this case, it's all uh, except for the last sketch. It's all they're all like satires of movies. They're all um, uh, little parodies of movies, uh, sequels, or the Saturday Night Live's own twisted, crazy version of these movies to take on what's wrong with the movies, whether it be lack of diversity or weird little subtexts that uh, maybe Disney meant to put out there but quite didn't, or just the dumbness of some of the stories and just the inconsistencies of some of the Disney movies that we are forced to watch, especially if you have kids. Luckily, I don't. But I can't imagine being a parent and sitting through Frozen or Frozen 2 75,000 times without wanting to throw the television through the window or at least put the kids to bed early and lock the door so they don't have to watch any more damn Disney movies. So to all of the parents who has ever had to sit through these countless animated movies or these dumb animated movies or movies that are good, but you've seen them 17,000 times and you want to take the piss out of them, this is what, uh, this is what it's all about. So the first sketch that I want to talk about is a, um, is, is a parody of uh, The Little Mermaid. Now, they've done two Little Mermaid-inspired sketches, and I'm choosing the second one. Uh, that they did. The first time they did a Little Mermaid sketch, a full-on Little Mermaid sketch, was when Reese Witherspoon hosted on September 29, 2001. And this was a very significant episode, by the way. Uh, Reese Witherspoon uh, was the uh, was the was the was the was the uh, host, and um, and it was uh, it was a, it was a major show, uh, September 29, 2001. That would be season 27, episode one, because it was the first show. After 9/11, and it was the show where um, you know uh, Paul Simon came out and sang "The Boxer," where Mayor Giuliani came out, and the stage was filled with first responders and policemen and firemen, still covered in dust from Ground Zero. Um, and that's when Lauren Michaels came up and said, "Can we be funny?" And Rudy Giuliani uh, uh, said, "Why start now?" Um, and it was a it was an intense show. It was a weird show. There were, uh, you know, obviously there were anthrax uh, 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 responses and, and the possibility of anthrax entering the building at NBC at 30 Rock. And it was a very tense and very, very uncertain and very, very scary time. So Reese, With- Reese Witherspoon um, was the very first host back. Um, just after a few weeks after the attack um, in New York, um, and it's a very um, it's a very special show. So it's known for that. So that episode, though, they did do, among other things, they did do uh, a, a, a Little Mermaid uh, parody with Will Ferrell, and it was funny. Will Ferrell was the was you know was the was the Prince Charming, and Reese Witherspoon was uh, was, uh, was 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 Ariel, um, and um, and so they were uh, you know, and it was about her. Uh, they learning about like uh, what her her genitals were made of, and it was a funny sketch, not not overly brilliant or 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 or, or, or edgy of any kind, but just mostly about genitals, and so that's what the um, that's what the uh, what the uh, what the sketch was about. By the way, the musical guest that night on September 29, two thousand one, was Alicia Keys. So it was Alicia Keys and Reese Witherspoon. And as uh, as I note in every episode, I just want you to know that I always um, provide the date, the season, and the episode number for every sketch I talk about or every episode I reference, so that you can look it up because you can look up all of these um, full episodes that are available on Peacock. You can check out Peacock. If you don't subscribe, you should check it out. And there are also a lot of these sketches and a lot of these episodes are available on SNL's YouTube channel. So you can check out the SNL YouTube channel or you can check out Peacock.com and look it up. So the episode, we're not going to play a clip from it, but if you want to check out the Reese Witherspoon episode, the very first episode back from uh, 9-11, that is season 27, episode one. So mark those season numbers down and those dates down, look them up and watch them after you listen to this podcast. So uh, that was the first time they did a Little Mermaid, but the sketch that I'm picking is the second time they did it, and it was a few years later. It was actually May seventh, two thousand eleven. The host was Tina Fey. The musical guest was Ellie Goulding, and uh, it was season thirty six, episode twenty. Season thirty six, episode twenty, and it was Little Mermaid. Uh, Tina Fey played the Little Mermaid, and uh, this sketch took place. About four days after um, Osama bin Laden, uh, right around the time Osama bin Laden was killed, and they disposed of his body. Um, and uh, they brought in Osama bin Laden's body uh, 
to a sketch parroting The Little Mermaid. Now, I think this sketch is very funny. Uh, Tina Fey co-wrote it. She came back to host, but she did co-write this sketch, and it was her idea. And they brought in the possibility of Osama bin Laden's body just floating around in the ocean somewhere where they dropped it. Um, and it may have uh, floated into the world of The Little Mermaid. That's the setup of this sketch. Vanessa Bear, Fred Armisen, uh, Abby Elliott, and Paul Britton played different characters, under-the-sea characters. Uh, Kenan Thompson uh, played uh, the crab, and uh, Tina Fey played the Little Mermaid. And uh, the idea was that uh, it was a spoof of Disney, where they do a couple of songs, uh, and interrupting this crazy spoof with all of the, you know, all of the cliches that you find in the Little Mermaid, the princess cliches, the other cliches, the kind of variable uh, uh, whiteness to the sketch. All of that is taken on, the, and the couple of songs that they break into are funny. But right in the middle of this snarky takedown of the Little Mermaid, they bring in the news of the day. And the news of the day at that time was Osama bin Laden was killed and the body was disposed of somewhere in the water. So I, uh, I am picking the second Little Mermaid satire as my first clip of this episode. And it's Tina Fey playing the Little Mermaid, uh, Kenan Thompson playing the crab, and Osama bin Laden's body just kind of floats around. And here is that sketch from May 7, 2011. Oh, Krabby, the human world is so amazing. When I went up there, I saw people dancing, seahorseless carriages, and look, I even found a whatchamadoodle. <laughs> Princess, look around you. You have everything you need right here at the bottom of the ocean. I don't know, Krabby. Oh, trust me, girl. The human world is a mess. But down here, it's paradise. What do you mean, Krabby? Well, I'll tell you what I mean. Below the waves, below the waves, we always jamming down with the salmon below the waves. Take it, princess. Everyone's happy and relaxed. We got a seahorse on the sack. Look at that Manta. He's drinking Fanta below the waves. You know what, Krabby? You're right. The bottom of the ocean is the perfect place to be. That's the spirit, princess. All of the dolphins play keyboards and the shrimp. What what is on me? Can somebody tell me what's on me, please? It's some sort of body wrapped in a what's that word again? Shroud. Oh my god! It's Osama bin Laden! They threw Osama bin Laden's body in the ocean and get him off of me. Oh, he's really dead. This is a lot to process. I don't even know how to react. I know how to react. U.S.A. U.S.A. Guys, I find that really distasteful. But we got him. You didn't do anything, and you're drunk. Hey, I'm drunk because I'm celebrating. No, you were already drunk, and you're using this as an excuse to get drunker. Uh, yeah, you got me. <laughs> Can we talk about this after you get him off of me, please? <laughs> I mean, this guy caused 9-11. Uh, did he? Oh, shut <laughs> No one wants to hear your conspiracy theories, Manta. You know, I have had it with these humans. They throw down their garbage, their oil spills, and their cruise ships use our home as a toilet. So do we. I'm going right now. <laughs> Besides, Krabby, they probably couldn't bury him on land, because then his supporters would turn his grave into a shrine. So? Good. Bury him, and then when anyone shows up, arrest them. <laughs> or just bury him at Gitmo. Oh, I'm here to see Osama bin Laden's grave. Oh, well, here he is right over here, and welcome to jail. <laughs> Krabby, calm down. You're turning all red. Well, I'm red because I'm a crab. Now get Obama off of me. I, I mean Osama. Ah! I keep doing that. It's just one letter. Pretty weird, right? Shut up. Look, Krabby, the current is taking his body away. We'll never have to see him again. Uh, if it was even him. So that's the uh, 
that's the that's the Little Mermaid sketch from uh, May 7, 2011, where they incorporated uh, Osama bin Laden's body being dumped into the ocean. I thought it was funny. Uh, lots of people don't like that sketch. Uh, the backlash was pretty fierce on it, but I thought it was really funny, and I thought it was kind of a kind of a kind of a very funny way to kind of uh, slam a little bit of Disney and uh, bring in the news and do it in kind of a dark, twisted, and kind of distasteful way. That sketch makes me laugh. I don't know what that says about me, um, but I think it's funny. And of the two Little Mermaid sketches, uh, oddly, a sh- one that they did right after 9-11 and then one that involved 9-11, I prefer the Tina Fey Little Mermaid to the Reese Witherspoon Little Mermaid. But that's Disney being uh, chopped down a little bit. All right. The next sketch really does take on some of the uh, problems that, uh, that Disney has had. Uh, and it is a sketch about Frozen 2. Uh, the DVD release of Frozen 2 um, allowed SNL to play around with the film's deleted scenes. So this uh, is a commercial for the DVD release of Frozen 2 where they have special deleted unseen sequences from the movie. Um, and it's a random series of observations that they have that are about the original's lack of diversity, the possible gay coding in there, the possible char- like the fact that the, that the main character might be gay. Uh, and uh, Disney's, you know, Disney's prince's bad habits of kissing princesses while they're asleep, um, and uh, and it was a very sort of a dark and funny take on it. It took on diversity, um, and uh, you know, like Elsa comes out to her sister Anna at one at one point. Uh, they talk about being gay. Um, they talk about uh, you know her fulfilling life. Uh, the, you know, the character of Anna's fulfilling life, and that Elsa just kind of hangs out and plays in the snow, and there's not really a lot of sexuality. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, he plays a, you know, he plays a a woke prince, uh, JJ Watt, by the way, um, who is a football player, professional football player who hosted, uh, this particular episode comes out and it all becomes about uh, political correctness. It all becomes about the lack of diversity that you find in a ton of Disney projects and, uh, the little undercurrent of possible sexuality. So J.J. Watt was the host. Luke Combs was the musical guest. This was February 1st, 2020, just a few weeks before the entire world shut down, including SNL. Uh, and it is season 45, episode 12. So season 45, episode 12, J.J. Watt, Luke Combs from February 1st, 2020, just a couple of weeks before the entire world shut down, right on the edge when, uh, when coronavirus was happening. Also in this sketch, uh, Mikey Day shows up as Olaf with a... Uh, with a with with a carrot where his uh, where his uh, penis would be that'll be coming up a little bit later. Kyle Mooney is in this. Beck Bennett, Keenan Thompson, um, Beck Bennett does the voiceover. J.J. Watt plays the prince. Cecily Strong is in it, and Kate McKinnon plays um, plays <laughs> plays um, Elsa. All right, so this is Frozen Two taking on uh, the lack of diversity and the weird undercurrents in the world of Disney. And uh, and this again is from February first. It's official. Frozen Two is coming to digital HD next week, so you can play it for your kids while you drink a margarita in the bathroom. And you can also order the Frozen Two DVD, including deleted scenes like this one. Hello, is anyone there? Anna, Kristoff, Olaf, I'm gay. Is anyone there? Elsa, Anna. I heard you calling. This enchanted forest is so disorienting. Oh, it sure is. Well, I don't know whether we're heading north, south, gay, or west. Did you say gay? No! I'm not anything. You have a fulfilling heterosexual marriage at the age of 18, and I've just spent two whole movies playing with snow. Both are equal and good. And then in Frozen 3, I can just freeze my eggs. Elsa, it's okay. You see? We all know, we all know, We've all known since you were a tween When you dressed as Brienne of Tar On three separate Halloweens I don't care what Disney says The Twitter storm rages on The lack of any romantic interest doesn't bother me anyway not sure I'm comfortable with that. If Elsa's gay, she can turn my son gay, right? With her powers? Anyway, check out this next scene featuring a new original song. Anna, Elsa. Oh, Kristoff, you're okay. Physically, yes. Mentally, still not great. This reindeer's my best friend. Oh, my big, strong, hot Shrek. You know what I love most about you, Kristoff? That I'm poor so you can control me? No, 
No, it's that you're sensitive. Sing your original new song for us, won't you? Anything for you, my love. Big and woke, big and woke. I'm a humongous, sensitive oaf. A new kind of prince who's not a creep. I won't kiss you while you're asleep. He's not a bro, but he's not a cock. He's gentle at first, but he really can. Okay, gonna cut that off a little early. Don't think anyone screened these deleted scenes. But hey, let's see how they dealt with the criticism that Frozen was too white. Halt! We are the King's Guard. We've been trapped in this forest under an evil spell. That's right. And we will protect the king at all costs. I'm sorry, sir, and you are? Matthias, lieutenant in the Royal Guard. And I'm Jorgen. And I'm Nicole, at your service. Yeah, you two make sense. I'm trying to wrap my head around Matthias. <laughs> you, um, you live here? Rural Norway, in 1840. <laughs> That's correct. And who do you live with? No one. All alone, in rural Norway, not shoehorned in in any way. Oh, sure, but when I auditioned to be in the Black Panther Army, that was a firm no. How do you solve a problem like Matthias? How do you make it seem like this makes sense? Why would I come to rural Scandinavia? At least we made this frozen world die first. Oh, yeah. It's a real rainbow of colors now. Problem solved! And hey, see if you can spot how the animators redesigned one of the most iconic Frozen characters. Guys, we need to keep moving. I'm supposed to ride a water horse to an ice island to free a fire spirit or something. I think the plot of this movie might be really bad. Well, but, but we can't leave without Olaf. Don't worry. I'm right here, guys. Boy, isn't it a beautiful day outside? Whee! Uh, hey, Olaf, what's that second carrot about? Which? This one? I think you know that's not the carrot he's talking about. <laughs> I guess I'm just growing up before your very eyes, Olaf. All right, that's it. We're going to leave Olaf here. What? No hugs for Olaf? You know carrots are good for your vision. Do you want to build a snowman? That thing is thicker than a Coke can. Uh-oh, I love carrots. All right, we're just going to end it there. Frozen 2 on digital HD and DVD. Tell your kids we're sorry. Okay, so uh, that's uh, Frozen 2. <laughs> Ends with a big penis joke. All right. Um, I think that that's a very funny sketch, you know, about uh, the lack of diversity, the fact that uh, Kenan Thompson um, plays a black character in the middle of all this uh, uh, whiteness um, and also the underlying sexuality of the character. Uh, I think that's a very funny sketch. And again, that is J.J. Uh, Watt, who was terrible, by the way, as your host, which is, you know, it's a it's a crapshoot when you have an athlete as your host or or, or a politician as your host of SNL. That one didn't turn out so good. Uh, not a lot of memories attached to that episode. I think that was that was happening during a very funky time in the world where not a lot of people were watching SNL because everybody was worried about this plague that was uh, about to take over. So, Frozen 2, a very funny sketch that you can find uh, out there, and that's what it is. Now, Aladdin is the next one uh, that, I, that I've chosen here. Now, they've done Aladdin parodies twice, and both of them, oddly, uh, consist of, um, of uh, Aladdin... Um, uh, and Jasmine on a carpet. Both of the sketches are flying carpet sketches. The first time they did it is, uh, is the one that I'm going to be playing here, and that's with Adam Driver uh, and Cecily Strong. And the second time they did it was more recently. It was on October 9th, 2021. It was when Kim Kardashian was the host. Horrible job. And uh, Halsey was the musical guest. She was fantastic. Uh, and the reason why that one is special, that's season 47, episode two. So it was the second episode of, uh, of uh, season 47. Kim Kardashian came in, um, one, of, one of the most annoying people uh, on the planet, and she did an absolutely horrible job reading her cue cards. 
um, and doing what Kim, Kim Kardashian does, standing there and being an idiot. So that's basically what she did. But this is notable. This sketch that they did when they satirized Aladdin is notable because it was the first time Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian worked together. And that sparked a relationship which became fodder for, uh, I don't know, about a year. Uh, after that. So this is when Pete Davidson hooked up with Kim Kardashian. That's the only reason why the second time they did the Aladdin thing was notable. It wasn't very funny because when you have someone who is horrible as your, as your, as your host, you're not going to have a great sketch. But the first time they did it, which is what I'm talking about, is when they had Adam Driver hosting. It was Adam Driver, uh, the host. Chris Stapleton was the musical guest. It was on January 16th, 2016. January 16th, 2016. So season 41, episode 10, if you want to look it up. Um, and, uh, this again was Aladdin, um, and, uh, Jasmine played by Cecily Strong on a flying carpet. And the joke is that they're on a flying carpet and all of the horrible things that can happen while you're flying through the air on a carpet happen, but only to Jasmine, like things hit her in the face and weird things happen that they're flying by and they have to make an emergency landing at an airport. The air traffic controllers are played by Leslie Jones and Beck Bennett. It's, uh, it's a very funny sight gag, and it does take on some of the stupidity of uh, the cliches that were found in Disney's Aladdin, and it does take on some of the, the styles of the songs uh, that are, could be annoying. But I find this, uh, this sketch to be funny. It's Adam Driver, Cecily Strong, on a flying carpet. A lot of it is visual, but you'll get the, get the idea. And so here is the second time they did an Aladdin, or no, I'm sorry, this is the first time they did an Aladdin parody. Uh, the second time would have been a few years later with Kim Kardashian, but this is the first time. Adam Driver, Cecily. Aladdin is so high up. I've never flown on a magic carpet before. It's beautiful, isn't it? But not as beautiful as you. <laughs> I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? No one to tell us no, or where to go, or save her own I really like you, Jasmine. You're different. Do you like me? Y yes, I do. I'm sorry. Some kind of fat bird just hit my mouth. I, I need a minute. You'll be all right, Jasmine. You're safe with me. I just look how far we can see. I think it had a fish in its beak. Maybe just. Slow down a little, okay? Like I'm still into it. That was a lot. A whole new world. A dazzling place you never knew. But when I'm way up here, it's crystal clear. And now I'm in a whole new world with you. Bomb, 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 bomb. It's a bomb. Oh, shoot, we must be over Syria. <laughs> my little thing I'm wearing. You're not sorry you came with me, are you? Oh, no, 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 no. This is magical. I can open your eyes. They're open. Take you wonder by wonder. Give me a second. Over sideways and under. Really cute. On a magic carpet ride. A whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no, or where to go, or say. Oh no! What just happened? Oh, I think an airplane just emptied its toilet in the sky. Um, Aladdin, take me back to the palace. Wait, quiet. Something's wrong with the carpet. I've got to make some fast decisions now. What's going on? We're losing altitude. I'm going to try to put her down at that Air Force base. Did you taste Cherise cookies that she brought to the airport? Now, a lot of people don't like hard cookies. You know what I mean? Hey, hang on, Chris. We've got a distress call coming in. Mandy! Mandy! Requesting emergency landing! I see you, pilot. You are clear for landing. This is going to be nuts. God be with them. And then it lands, and uh, and and then it lands. They have a little uh, miniature uh, uh, 
carpet <laughs> with a miniature Jasmine and a miniature Aladdin uh, floating down. Um, and uh, and a, a few more jokes were taken. And of course, the idea is that Cecily Strong as Jasmine has been brutalized <laughs> and has to go through a bunch of crap flying through the open airs. Uh, on a carpet. I think it's a very funny sketch, visually very funny, and uh, and I think uh, the, the voice work is very funny and the songs are very funny as well. So that's when they took on Aladdin. And, uh, and SNL continued to take on Disney. All right, this is one of my favorites. This is... I happen to love... Anne Hathaway. I know a lot of people run hot and cold on her. A lot of people are annoyed by her. I happen to think she's great. I think she's a tremendous actress. I think she can do anything. She can do comedy. She can do drama. She can sing. She can dance. I think she's remarkably talented. She also uh, gives one of my f- favorite performances in a personal, uh, personal favorite movie of mine. If you've not seen the movie Colossal, which stars uh, Jason Sudeikis, who is an SNL alum, um, it is, without question, um, a, a wholly original, a great movie that is uh, maybe one of the, well, it is without question one of the best films ever made and most accurate films ever made about alcoholism, a great allegory about alcoholism, and an incredible giant monster kaiju movie. Uh, it's a great movie, Colossal with Anne Hathaway. If you've not seen it, you should. Anyway, I love Anne Hathaway, and I love when she hosts SNL. She does great work. Uh, she reminds me a lot of people who belong on that show, like Emma Stone is another one who, who does amazing work when she's on. Um, and, and people who have hosted in the past who just like really, really do great work when they're on the show. So Anne Hathaway, uh, her first time hosting, I think this was her first time hosting. It was October 4th, 2008. It was her first time hosting. Anne Hathaway was the, was the host. The musical guests were The Killers, season 34, episode 4. Again, season 34, episode 4 from October 8th, 2008. October 4th, 2008. This is Mary Poppins. Now, Anne Hathaway is famously known for starring in two movies with uh, Julie Andrews and spent a significant amount of time acting with her and knowing her and working with her. And she does a fantastic, Fantastic Julie Andrews impersonation here as Mary Poppins. But I think this sketch is hilarious. It is about Mary Poppins, in which Anne Hathaway plays. Uh, the young uh, children in it are played by Bobby Moynihan, Casey Wilson, uh, and uh, Bill Hader plays the, the uh, Dick Van Dyke role. Uh, and uh, Will Forte plays a policeman. But uh, this is where they sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, and then they find out what that word actually means. The children ask Mary Poppins, and Mary Poppins tells them. And what uh, happens is, I think, unbelievably funny. So if you ever wondered what supercalifragilisticexpialidocious means, it's not good, and it affects everyone in this sketch. I think this sketch is hilarious. And again, this is October 4th, 2008, season 34, episode 4, Anne Hathaway playing Mary Poppins. Um, and I really love this. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Now, who wants to ride a magical carousel? I do, but first, please tell us what that word means. Yes, there must be some kind of working definition. Well, if you must know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a disease of the liver. (laughs) It's very rare and extremely painful. Goodness, how'd you ever learn a word like that, Mary Poppins? I have it. I have the disease. Oh, is it as fun to have as it is to say, Mary Poppins? Well, no. (laughs) What happens, basically, is that your liver stops producing bile. Gradually, you lose the ability to break down acids, and eventually your body just shuts down. Sure is fun to sing, though. (laughs) Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious! <laughs> Is it contagious, Mary Poppins? Yes. <laughs> but only for grown-ups. What does that mean? How do I explain it? 
Sometimes, when a man and a woman really fancy each other... Hello, everyone! Bert! <laughs> oh, easy, children. I got one heck of a stomachache. Must be your cooking, Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> we just learned a new word. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Oh, how delightful. It's a disease of the liver. Mary Poppins has it. It's spread amongst grown-ups. <laughs> that right? Children, would you, uh, excuse us for one moment? <laughs> well, they say, Mary, do you have something? Oh, Bert, don't worry. You look healthy to me. Healthy? I've got black lung from sweeping the chimneys. And now you've given me supercalifragy-whatever. Expialidocious! Shut it. <laughs> oh, Bert, cheer up. It's not that bad, because... Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in the most delightful way. <laughs> sugar, that'll cure my disease. Hello, guy. Constable Jones! Oh, don't come near me. I'm feeling awful sick. <laughs> I'll be your cooking, Mary Poppins. <laughs> so, uh, what's the good word? Listen, Tommy. Oh, no. Supercalifragil what? Expialidocious! Come on. I'll buy you a whiskey. Come on. This has been a very unusual day, Mary Poppins. Well, I'm a very unusual nanny. <laughs> I guess I'm in pretty serious denial. Oh. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Ah, uh, yeah. I love that. I love that sketch. I do. Uh, Mary Poppins gets around. <laughs> Mary Poppins is e Mary Mary Poppins is easy, according to that. Uh, great work there from everybody. Bill Hader, hilarious. He's wearing a giant uh, bass drum, and he's got a he's a one man band, as you know. And he, every time he moves, the band plays with him. The one man band plays with him, <laughs> and accents the the weirdness that's happening on stage. I really love that sketch. Mary Poppins. Um, and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a, uh, is a, is a disease that you can get <laughs> from a very easy, uh, a very easy lady that Mary Poppins is. Very funny stuff. I love that sketch. All right. Next is Beauty and the Beast. Now, Beauty and the Beast has been, they've done uh, several takeoff uh, on Beauty and the Beast on SNL over the years. And obviously Beauty and the Beast has been, um, you know, satirized in many, many places. Uh, but I really like this one. This was, uh, from October 17th, 2009. Gerard Butler was the host. Um, and Shakira was the musical guest. It was season 35, episode four. Again, season 35, episode four, October 17, 2009. Also should be noted as the very first time that What's Up With That was uh, ever on, um, on uh, SNL. So it's the very first appearance of What's Up With That. So it should be noted as one of the greatest episodes of Saturday Night Live because What's Up With That first appeared on it. But on this episode, Gerard Butler uh, plays the Beast, and uh, Kristen Wiig plays Belle uh, in Beauty and the Beast. And it's a simple premise, a very simple premise, where each of the characters, uh, their perspective is a little bit different um, as to what they think is beastly and who is beastly. Um, and it is, uh, there's a lot of uh, inherent irony in the original premise uh, of, the, of, of, the, uh, of, of the story going way back. And, uh, and this calls it out. This calls out the, uh, the irony that's in there. Uh, beauty is indeed in the eye of the beholder. And according to this, according to this sketch, um, you just find out that the who really is the beast and what's going on here. Um, and um, Bill Hader shows up as the candelabra luminaire. Bobby Moynihan shows up as Cogsworth. And Jenny Slate comes out as Mrs. Potts. Um, and it gets a little weird. And I do just want to mention that my favorite phrase that is coined in this sketch, uh, this satire of Beauty and the Beast, is ass castle. And you'll hear about why. You'll hear that <laughs> You'll hear why. But this is a, a Beauty and the Beast parody from October 17, 2009, season 35, episode 4. Gerard Butler is the Beast. Kristen Wiig is the Beauty. But really, who is the Beauty and the Beast? And it gets a little weird uh, and very funny. Night 
as love begins to blossom between beauty night as love begins to blossom between beauty our enchanted story continues on a starry night as love begins to blossom between beauty and the beast Would you do me the great honor of joining me in a dance? The honor would be mine. Chill as old as time. True as it can be. Barely even friends. Then somebody bends. Whenever I'm in your presence, I can feel the dark clouds parting and the sun shining on my face. They say true love can break the curse, and I can't imagine a love more true than this. Oh, my darling. I can hardly wait until your transformation. <laughs> uh, uh what, what do you mean, my transformation? Well, you know. The curse will be broken, and you can stop being a beast. You, you think I'm the beast? Uh, yeah, we were just uh, singing about it. Beauty and the Beast. No, no it's, it's the other way around. Oh, whoa, this is awkward. <laughs> Well, beast is a strong word. You know, you're the one who started throwing beast around. Well, I'd say you're like a, like a six. A six? In my village, I am considered a great beauty. Oh, I know. I'm sure. It's just that, well, you're very slender. And I don't know. I like, I like a big ass. <laughs> Like a, a big ass. Tell as old as time. No, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what were you hoping was gonna happen? That we'd share true love's kiss and then you'd transform, you know, so you'd have a big old ass. It's sick. I can't believe you thought you were the beauty. Oh, what's so crazy about that? Okay. Lumiere, get in here. Bonsoir. <laughs> Who is the beauty and who is the beast? You both look like beasts to me. What? Well, I'm a candelabra. I'm only attracted to other candelabras. More than once in college, I dated a menorah. <laughs> you see? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Indeed it is. For instance, I'm a clock. So you're only attracted to other clocks? No, I... I'd like women like you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but who is like a big ass? <laughs> well, like a like a 345 ass. What? Oh, I'm sorry, that's clock slang. Like a 345 ass. <laughs> you know, like a teapot over there. <laughs> okay, well, then why don't you all just go hook up with her? Well, we do, all the time. <laughs> Why do you think she lives here with us? Have you ever seen any of us drink tea? <laughs> okay. Okay, freaks, I'm leaving. You know what? Have fun in your ass castle. How does she know we call it an ass castle? Anyone care for a tea party? castle all right 
Hey, beauty is in the behi- the eye of the beholder. I love that sketch. Uh, so Gerard Butler. By the way, also added uh, bonus here is that Gerard Butler was actually in the terrible movie version of Phantom of the Opera. So that adds to uh, <laughs> that adds to that is another layer layer of musical parody onto that. Yes, Gerard Butler was indeed the star of uh, Joel Schumacher's version film version of Phantom of the Opera. All right. All right, uh, SNL takes on Disney. My last one is one of my favorites. This is a, a Disney. And, the, and again, you can find more Disney parodies and more Disney satires throughout the entire 49-season existence of SNL. I just pulled out these six as my favorite, and they're a little bit more recent, but you can dig through. Uh, if you go to Peacock or you go to SNL, um, the YouTube channel on SNL, you'll be able to find all of these and more. But the final uh, Disney uh, satire that I wanted to play for you here is uh, – the Real Housewives of Disney. The Real Housewives of Disney is a spoof of Bravo's, you know, the Real Housewives of whatever, of uh, Orange County or of, uh, you know, Beverly Hills or whatever. Uh, all those reality shows where the Real Housewives get together and they throw drinks and they call each other bitches and they yell and they look at the camera and they, they confess and they do all kinds of crap. You know, you know, the, you know the drill. Um, where uh, drama is stirred up, tables are flipped, stuff is thrown, the women get drunk, and they get angry, and they get nasty. It's what everybody loves about the Real Housewives series. Well, SNL did a hilarious takeoff on uh, on that called the Real Housewives of Disney, um, and this was on March 3rd, 2012. Lindsay Lohan was the host. Jack White was the musical guest. This is season 37, episode 16, and at this point, Lindsay Lohan uh, each time she hosted, it got uh, increasingly worse and less funny. But this sketch, uh, well, which she did not have anything to do with in terms of writing, obviously, but she appears in it. Uh, she plays uh, Rapunzel in it. Um, and uh, But this sketch is hilarious. It's a great takeoff on the Real Housewives thing. And uh, why take on one Disney pr- princess when you can parody a whole house full of them? Um so they're not, they don't have to do a fairy tale. It's a reality show send up and it's hilarious. And Kristen Wiig, who is Cinderella, is an effing mess, as she says. But in this, it is the Real Housewives of Disney. Lindsay Lohan plays Rapunzel. Vanessa Bear plays Snow White. Uh, Abby Elliott plays Belle. Nassim Pedrad plays Jasmine. Kristen Wiig plays Cinderella. And then Taryn Killam shows up as Prince Charming, who is uh, definitely gay. Uh, this is from March 3rd, twenty. 20- 12, uh, and uh, it is season 37, episode 16, and it's The Real Housewives of Disney. Not only a great satire of the Bravo show, but a great satire of all of those lovely princesses uh, acting up and being crazy. I love this sketch. Uh, Disney's Real Housewives. Coming this fall to Bravo. You love the Real Housewives of Atlanta. You gotta watch your mouth, Kim, if I end up smacking you. And the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You know what you're talking about? Well, this spring, the drama is getting even more animated. It's the Real Housewives of Disney. The Magic Kingdom is my playground, and I like to play. I'm the fairest of them all, until you cross me. I don't need to rub a lamp to get what I want. I'm out of the tower and into the spotlight. And I'm a huge mess. It's the princesses as you've never seen them before. Thank you all for coming to my castle warming party. You guys are like stepsisters to me and not the evil kind. <laughs> Ladies, um, I'm starting a charity to help raise money for dwarves uh, because they need our help because they're not real people. I cannot believe she did that. Dwarves are my thing. And they're not people? She said that right in front of Doc. <laughs> What I got for our trip under the sea. 25,000, can you believe? But hey, we can all afford it. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, what is wrong with her? Jasmine and Aladdin are broke. They used up all their wishes. I already spent the last one on a lap dance. Here's up for there. Jasmine brought a casserole to our potluck, and I found a tiny hat inside. She cooked the monkey. It's a whole new world of drama. <laughs> I had sex with Iaga. The parrot? I thought it was Aladdin. He was mimicking his voice. <laughs> and not all their princes are charming. Hi, ladies. Hi, Sin. 
Here's some good advice. Never marry a guy who's really into shoes. Oh. What are you wearing? Excuse me? Rapunzel, Rapunzel, burn that dress. <laughs> Looks like my stepmother isn't the only evil queen in town. You guys, I'm releasing a hot new track this week, and I want you to hear it first. Oh, good, another one. Be our guest, be our guest. Caviar, Versace, be our guest, be our guest. Rolls Royce, Versace, be our guest, be our guest. They should guest. give a poison apple to whoever told yes. that bitch she could be sing. Be our guest. <laughs> and of course, there's the fighting. Who does your hair? Birds? At least I didn't marry a beast. His name is Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> I'm gonna rip this. His name is Kelsey Grammer. That's my favorite line in the whole thing. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Um, the final uh, Disney uh, satire. Really great stuff. And if you want to check out these sketches, they're all available online. I gave you the dates and I gave you the episodes, seasons, and numbers. And you should definitely check it out. Uh, again, uh, check out on Peacock or check out on uh, SNL's uh, YouTube channel. So Disney, again, has been taken on many, many times. But those are the six the ones that stand out for me and especially uh, the more recent ones. That stand out for me. Uh, trying to take in the real world and real news and putting it all together while satirizing Disney and doing uh, great work by uh, guests, by hosts, and by um, and, uh, and and by the cast themselves. Really cool stuff. So, Disney taken on by SNL. Good stuff. All righty then. Hey, thank you for listening. Uh, this is episode fifty-seven, and we uh, have new episodes that drop on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Uh, that you should check out every Wednesday. Uh, you can also check out my other podcast, which is the Nick D Podcast, which is a pop culture entertainment and review podcast that you can hear every Tuesday and Friday, new episodes. And it's all at radiomisfits.com. You can listen to our live streaming service, which is 24-7, podcasts, music, and more, radiomisfits.live. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear your suggestions. Anything you want to say about the SNL podcast or anything else, you got suggestions for topics, 773-417-6948. Leave those voicemails. Email me anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to everyone for listening. Please take the time to rate and review us on every platform and share this if you can, like, and all that cool stuff. My thanks to Ed Silla and everybody at Radio Misfits and to the great Jason Skaggs who composed and performed the great opening theme and this great closing theme for that show hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast. I'm Nick DiGilio. Join me next time for a brand new episode. Thanks for listening to that show. Hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast. We'll see you next time. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>